Hey, hey, welcome to Horns Up. It's episode number 22. What's up, Peter? How are you? Good, man. It's good to get an early start and get an episode recorded. Yeah. Uh, this time on the episode, we're talking cover bands and tribute bands. Yeah, I mean, it's strange in a way, but uh, we were just kind of discussing and there's so many of them. I mean, top of the mind and of course, because I'm a Black Sabbath fan, Zach Sabbath comes to mind. With Zach Sabbath. I love, I love how all of them, they just use either puns or yeah. just song titles. So the Iron Maidens, there's Les Zeppelin, there's... Turbo uh, Lover. Turbo Lover. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's... Um, who else? Who else? Shit, we were just counting them down and there were so many and now yeah. I can't seem to remember I mean, now any you of them. I, I, you just told me about the existing of the bedding band. The wedding band. The wedding. It's not the bedding band. Oh, wow. I thought that's what it was called. That's, that's their unofficial nickname, <laughs> okay. I'm guessing. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, the wedding band comprises Metallica's Kirk Hammett, Metallica's Rob Trujillo, and... Uh, Whitfield Crane, who's from Ugly Kid Joe, and drummer Joey Castillo, who's ex-Queens of the Stone Age. This is weird, right? Metallica, yeah. who have done some fabulous albums with covers, yeah. this time are allowing two people from the band to go out and play covers. And the wedding band will be playing a private show for a fuck ton of money, I think. I'm assuming, yeah. Yeah. And if you've been watching the Metallica YouTube channel, they've put out a couple of Kirk Hammett and Rob Trujillo uh, videos. Like right. the boys actually let them do one song every night wow. or something of that sort. Nice. Uh, I don't not know, so man. Nice? It's not so nice. All right. Okay. I mean, so I'm, I'm going to skip. Away the, take away. I would love for Jason Newstead to have been there. Yeah. Yeah. Why, uh, when he was doing his shit with Metallica. Because that guy now, like if you've, if you've uh, seen what Newstead's been up to, yeah. he's essentially uh, an acoustic country kind of uh, musician now. At least that's what he's doing. That's what his band does at the moment. And they do like a lot of covers, a lot of acoustic versions of songs. There's a video that went viral where he's performing... Uh, uh, Nothing Else Matters? No. Uh, which was the other really... On a lone and lonesome highway, deep in Omaha. Oh, country song. To the winds and blowing. It's a Metallica cover. Na 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 song. Whiskey in the I song. can't. I can't fucking remember the name. Not uh, before. Don't know when the thoughts may soon be wandering, the way they always do when you're driving sixteen hours. You know, it might be easier if you look it up. Nothing <laughs> else to do. And, uh, here I am. Turn the page. Ah, turn the page. <laughs> I can't believe it took you this long. I <laughs> fucking sang out the whole song. Uh, yeah, that remains in the podcast. Fuck it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, my first exposure to rock music in terms of live music was actually cover bands. Because back in those days at Raz Rhinoceros and even at college gigs and stuff, that's what we would all hear. And that's yeah. what we would all kind of do, right? Like, I remember watching Naked Earth. I remember watching... Uh, I think Scepter did a lot of uh, Metallica. Scepter, yeah. Scepter was synonymous with Metallica. Zenon was synonymous with Iron Maiden. Yeah. Um, and you had so many bands just 
wanting to be the next Nirvana, the next yeah. uh, Alice in Chains, the next Soundgarden. Uh, on the metal side, everybody wanted to play Cannibal Corpse songs. Uh, everybody wanted to play Judas Priest. I can't. I don't remember the number of times I have heard Breaking the Law and Paranoid <laughs> at gigs. And full disclosure, the very first band I played for, which was uh, Serpent's Kiss, like a setlist for a debut jazz uh, jazz. I'm saying for a setlist for a debut Raz gig was uh, Breaking the Law, Paranoid. Uh, shit, we did one more cover. I think we did another maiden song we we did a maiden song i think we did wicker man or we did uh yeah i, I think it would have been wicker man and there was only one original and later on we got the chance to do an iron maiden tribute gig and we went fucking balls out for that i'm like, sure I mean, yeah it was it was awesome do you remember uh what was uh bipro's first band Zohak. Zohak. Zohak was synonymous with Iron Maiden. Yeah. Yeah. They used to do uh, so many Maiden songs. I think Shazan was also on that. Yeah, it was Shazan and uh, Bipro, yeah. Yeah, Bipro's band. But yeah. it, it, surprisingly, I missed out on that phase of uh, attending gigs and stuff like that. For me, I still remember buying a cassette and uh, it, it was like a mixtape kind of thing. Uh-huh. But it was a band performing covers of these famous songs. Okay. And I still remember pl- listening to the album for the first time, the cassette playing and being kind of disappointed because I'd paid full price for it, expecting those songs. And, ended and up then you realize that it's a cover band? Yeah. And it was like kind of strange. I don't know if those still exist in a way. I hope they don't because it's now easier to get the original songs. And I'm not sure why those mixtapes existed to begin with. I think it was a way for, and I still think this happens, uh, even though it doesn't make a lot of sense. I think it's because you can get those tapes and stuff and not have to pay actual proper money to use the original recordings. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, there are so many times when in clubs and in restaurants and in shops, etc., when they're using piped in music, you hear uh, these weird ass covers of really popular songs. I and that's I an industry in its own way. Somebody please educate us on yes. that if that exists. But that's kind of different from what we're talking about, right? We're talking yeah. cover bands and tribute acts. Have and you ever watched a good tribute act live? I'm trying to think. Uh, no, man. I mean, I think the closest I've come to seeing, oh, yeah, which uh, band which we completely forgot to mention in the list earlier, Parikrama, dude. <laughs> Parikrama was like can you imagine they made their bread and butter doing covers all the way from I've seen them do covers I mean I've seen them play a set in Dubai where yeah. they did originals and they got like a lukewarm response and once they played their covers like there were people but who that always that like that tended to happen right yeah, but you had Parikrama you had Vayu but I'm talking uh, about Parikrama in like mid 2000s. This is post them like touring and opening for Iron Maiden. They oh went really? from like playing Iron Maiden covers to opening for Iron Maiden in UK of all places. And here they are. I, I mean, I think I, they did Metallica, they did Coldplay and they did Iron Maiden. All in the same like span of 30 minutes. Yeah, I'm not surprised actually. But yeah. yeah. But... That's 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 kind of territory, right? I mean, 
bands do covers because they kind of want to pay homage or they just want to let the world know that this uh, this is the music that influenced them and that's absolutely fine i'm not a stickler for uh you know doing the cover in one particular manner or putting your own spin on a cover etc etc that's that's absolutely fine i think being a tribute band however that's way tougher well yeah uh, compared to what we were talking about all the people we were talking about was just like hey this is m- i wa- i really love iron maiden i want to play one song yeah being a tribute band is a completely different it's a completely different thing because yeah. oh my god um you announce yourself as a tribute band immediately people have this expectation that you will give them uh 95% at least nothing less than 95% of a clone if that is the correct word to use of the music but then there's more you have to uh you have to provide a similar stage show yeah right so if you're doing iron maiden you some your bruce dickinson has to be able to dance around the stage like bruce yeah. dickinson does if you're led zeppelin you better be able to have uh, that kind of oozing charisma yeah. uh if you're black sabbath your ozzy should be able to bite off <laughs> the head <laughs> of a dove <laughs> dove yeah. right it yeah. was a dove and a bat <laughs> and a bat yeah <laughs> right one thing i want to add about being a tribute band unlike most people who we talked about or most bands where they kind of just played a cover because a yeah. i don't have a original and stuff like that this is your 9 to 5 this is exactly. your day yeah. job this yeah, is what this is you do day, day in yeah. day out so it's not just okay i want to play a show where do i go this these are people who are actively touring as much as possibly uh, they the act that they're inspired by exactly yeah uh essentially it's it's providing that same or trying to provide a similar experience to anybody who can't really go and uh catch their original act for whatever reason maybe it doesn't exist anymore maybe they're too expensive maybe yeah. whatever whatever be the reason you don't want to travel 500 I mean, kilometers the, the the thing i really feel about a band like Iron Maiden who we've talked to death yeah. on this podcast till the time Iron Maiden played their first show in India everyone's exposure to them was primarily through bands exactly. that were covering yeah, them yeah. who somebody who's seen them yeah. and then the moment that you finally kind of see them live yeah it, nothing's the same again i feel all right so we've talked a lot about this at the moment um all this kind of leads me into whom we are talking to um on this week's episode we're talking to an ACDC tribute band the world's first all female ACDC tribute band which is a band from America called the Hells Bells um funny story of how all of this happened i was taking a short holiday uh with my girlfriend and we were just looking through what all we could do and i chanced upon something called the beer fest in uh, singapore which is uh, like an nh7 but much better yeah i can imagine yeah. because i saw much better and much bigger okay maybe not that much credence on the music part but whatever Th- that that vibe and that party is so much better than what nh7 hasn't done i don't know why i'm dissing nh7 so much now but 
like after the first couple of editions i don't know it just went into a completely different league and yeah whatever uh, enough about that uh, so yeah back to hell's bells and uh, it was as simple as just shooting them an email and saying hey i yeah. want to talk to you guys and that's what happened i landed up uh, just after the sound check we uh, sat around all the five members uh, yeah all the five members 2 3 4 5 yeah all the five members of the band me and karen uh just hunched together with two microphones so i apologize but uh, there's a lot of rumbling noises that you may hear because the mic is con- constantly passing hands yeah so I, i apologize for that but it's a really fun 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 listen so yep. here it is here, here, here it are is. the hell's bells right so now i'm coming in from beer fest asia 2019 in singapore why is straight edge animesh at a beer fest well that's because the it's the promise of music that brings me here and not actually the beer but that's all right <laughs> <laughs> i'm here with america's leading acdc tribute band the hell's bells woo <laughs> woo <Woo-hoo>. woo <laughs> The world's leading, actually. The world. Whoa. <laughs> All right. Corrected. All right. The world's leading <laughs> ACDC tribute band, the Hell's Bells. So, Hell's Bells, there are five of us here. There are five of you here. Can you quickly just introduce yourselves? I am Mandy Reed. I play the role of Cliff Williams, bass <laughs> guitar. My name's Amber Saxon, and I play the role of Bon Scott and Brian Johnson, and not Axl Rose. <laughs> <laughs> Sharon Needles, I play rhythm guitar. Uh, Malcolm Young's position. Woo! Judy Kakuza, I play drums. Feel red. Adrian Connor, I play the Angus Young part. Awesome. Oh wait. So this is going to be a bit. Yeah, this is. I'm I'm Animesh or Asmo, and I just play random interviewer and fan. All right. Okay. So girls. Am I allowed to call you girls? That's all right. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. So uh, let's 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 go back to the very beginning. Are all of you from musical families? Um, my dad plays the piano very nicely. Okay. Yes, and he still plays the piano. Okay. The reason I'm asking you whether you're from musical families is is to understand how you guys got interested in music and wanting to become musicians in the first place. Did it start from childhood? Yes, Abba. Uh, my dad was a uh, traveling musician um, for quite a while. He's a folk singer and uh, guitar player. And so I grew up with him playing. And my brother is the actual one, when we were kids, that started playing music that early. Um, and he starts, he's a phenomenal guitar player. And then I didn't realize I wanted to do it until I was probably 20 years old. And... Um, a lot of my friends were musicians at the time so that's what kind of influenced me more to go into playing music was the friends that i had at the time so and then we started this tiny little band and just kept with it and the love grew okay <laughs> my first album was abba arrival <laughs> when i was two, my nana gave me that so yeah did you, you actually remember that from when you were two? No, I mean, but I still got the record. <laughs> I still got it. That's like my first record. 
Um, so ABBA had a lot to do with that too for me. Um, my mum was a dancing teacher, so she wanted me to be a ballerina. Um, and I am obviously not. <laughs> um, and then when I was about 11, I saw Iron Maiden's Number of the Beast on television and I couldn't believe my eyeballs and my ear holes. And I was transfixed and, yeah, was obsessed about learning how to play the guitar since I was about that age. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. So music um, was something that was on my mom's side of the family, not so much my dad. My grandmother played the violin and my mom sang backing vocals in a band called the Room Rockers. Wow. <laughs> and they, they did like tours of different bases in Europe. And my dad, I mean, my uncle is a guitar player. My other uncle is a drummer. Uh, and then when I was little, I played violin, accordion, clarinet. And it wasn't until high school where I started playing uh, bass. And um, it was Kiss that actually wanted me to play in a Holy rock shit. band. Holy shit, awesome. Yeah. Yes. I finally, finally found the one other KISS fan who <laughs> <laughs> who's, who's, who's doing live music because of KISS. That's right. Yeah. Yep, yep it was KISS. <laughs> uh, I have some distant cousins, but nobody directly in my family was musical, which annoyed the crap out of my mom even more. So I just, I don't know, I came out just tapping away, wanting to play the drums and as much as they tried to discourage it, it didn't work. So I still play yeah. the challenge. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so so here's, here's the next question. Why ACDC? Why not say Van Halen or Kiss or Judas Priest or Maiden? We did a Kiss tribute. Sharon and I actually were in a female Kiss tribute for a while. It was fun, but... Um, it's the makeup got arduous every the, night. The makeup is a is a night nightmare. The outfits, the makeup, and the heels. Well, yeah, the heels weren't as bad as the makeup and the and the, the, the you know chest. whatever. Yeah, the hairy <laughs> it got really old. You know, like letting it grow out. <laughs> yeah, it was it was fun while it lasted, but uh, you know, ACDC just better tunes and. I don't have to wear makeup. It's also fun. What? Oh, hold on. <laughs> um, ACDC is not my first uh, choice. Uh, Man of War is. Whoa. <laughs> wow. Yeah, but I mean, the amount of time you'd need to spend in the gym really deterred that idea. <laughs> so I went for ACDC instead because you can just wear jeans. <laughs> Wearing jeans is definitely a plus. I like being comfortable. Um, not only that, the music is just timeless. It's universal, and everyone loves ACDC, and uh, it's it's just really fun music to play. Okay, so h how did you guys turn into ACDC fans? What was that first song or the first album? Uh, mine was Dirty Deeds. I was I have older brothers. I'm the youngest of four. Okay. And so um, what they listened to when I was a kid was what influenced me, and that's how when I first heard ACDC, it was Dirty Deeds, and... All it took was one listen. It was done after that. <laughs> what changed? <laughs> what what was song. that? What was that experience like? Do you remember? Uh, like what changed? I was or probably what about nine years old, I think. Um, I don't know. I I I don't know. Uh, it was just it's, it was awesome the way it made me feel. Made me want to jump up and down, throw my fist in the air. <laughs> Um, and, and along with ACDC, there's a there's a laundry list of um, other bands that you know that they that my older brothers and sister 
turned me on to. But I do remember ACDC and Dirty Deeds, and I was singing the, the wrong words. I was trying to learn the words, and I was, try, I was trying to sing the wrong words. Dunder Cheap, I think, is what I was. <laughs> <laughs> a little kid. I'm going to hand it to Adrian so she can tell you. Um, okay, so I went to, I think it was 1991. Okay. And um, our. Eighth grade class got to go to the high school. All right. And the high school had an assembly. And so um, we're in these bleachers and around all these like high school students. And we're still like haven't graduated from eighth grade. And um, they start playing You Shook Me uh, over the. Okay. Uh, over the PA. Over the PA. And it, I mean, instantly, I never forgot that moment. I didn't even. That was the first time I heard that song. But, you know, the way it just. You know, comes it, yeah, in. Yeah, it comes and in and it builds up to the crescendo and then. Yeah, boom. and then the singing comes yeah. in. And I mean, like, you know, all the hair stands up on your back and neck. And yeah, yeah it was, I never forgot that moment. So, I mean, that's an incredible song. All right. <laughs> well, I'm from Australia, and as we know, um, I ACDC figured because of the accent. I was right. wondering whether to check or not. <laughs> um, no, you're correct. <laughs> um, as we know, ACDC are pretty much from Australia. So. Um, they were always on television because they were and like everyone always listened to them. We call them Akadaka, you probably know. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so I had no idea that the rest of the world had any idea about ACDC. And when I actually left Australia, everyone knew ACDC and it blew my mind. Yeah, but I'm, yeah, definitely remember as a little kid um, seeing Jailbreak on the television. And let there be rock and that like Bon Scott was always on telly. Yeah, yeah. is ACDC as big as Kylie Minogue or say Savage Garden? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just want to know. You love Kylie Minogue? I actually do. Um, <laughs> yay! Do you, do you get neighbors in India? No, we didn't. What? No, yeah, oh, we didn't. Sorry. Yeah, so uh, do my you guys first like exposure. Jason Donovan? Who? No, but isn't isn't I I don't he did, know. He did yeah. a duet with Kylie Minogue once. Okay. Um, the only duet that I really like, okay, this is weird going into Kylie Minogue territory, but with Nick uh, Cave. No, the one with uh, Robbie Williams. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. so are ACDC as famous as, say, Kylie and stuff in Australia? On, on par. Yeah. yeah on that's par, fucking sure. awesome. Yeah. Oh, by the way, swearing is allowed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh cheers on the straight cheers edge. That. Yeah, yeah. That's super cool. Wow, lovely. <laughs> Let's stop talking about Kylie Melo. Get back, get back to ACDC love. Uh, how did you know uh, when, or uh, how did you fall in love with ACDC, if at all? Oh God, uh, I think I was probably in, uh, uh, God, I think I, fifth grade maybe? I remember drawing the logo and stuff. Well, <laughs> listening to the songs, yeah, it's obviously. Yeah, one of the most iconic but logos. But I had it, my yeah. used to have on our desk where you can make, like, sorry, <laughs> where you can kind of, like, you know, draw and write whatever you want. And I had the logos for Kiss and Alice Cooper and ACDC and that's it. But yeah, it was just one of those bands you hear. And you Which song? Do you remember the first song or the first album? Um, I don't, you know, I remember Highway to Hell for sure. Uh, There's so many of them, uh, you know. Okay. I think Highway to Hell probably was the first album I got, I think. It's hard to pinpoint, yeah. you know, it's just kind of, you start listening to a whole bunch of different music and then yeah. at some point somebody, you know, plays an ACDC record and you're like, oh, what's that? So, you know, same thing, you hear all those hits, but like just songs like Riff Raff too, or I'm like, ooh, 
What's that? It's just fun to play. Okay. I think uh, I don't. I don't know about you guys, but from from I'm from Washington State, and um, all through high school, every single high school party you would go to, the Back and Black record would be on oh, yeah. every <laughs> single one of them. Yeah. So yeah. that's a good memory too. All right. All right. Uh, okay. So uh, I want to talk a little bit about tribute bands as such. Um, did you guys always envision yourselves as playing in a tribute band? No, but... So I how did that come about? Especially because for many of you, this isn't the first tribute act that you guys are performing in. Well, I always wanted to play music, and I did my own music. And uh, I would play my own music, and not that many people would come. But I kept playing it, and then I got asked to be in this band, and I was like, okay, I didn't know what a tribute band was or anything, and but I learned the songs as best as I could, and and then people started showing up. <laughs> <laughs> Back when Hell's Bells first started, there wasn't, um, it was before the tribute band explosion. Yeah, there are tribute bands everywhere now, but when we... Uh, for when this band first started, you hardly heard of tribute bands at all, especially all female ones at the time. Yeah. So I thought it was an awesome idea. It wasn't my idea. Um, it was our former uh, Angus Young, our first Angus Young that we had in the band. It was her idea to start an all-female ACDC tribute. And this was in like the year 2000, and you didn't hear too much about tribute bands. I thought it was an awesome idea i thought it would be super fun and well 20 years later if we weren't having fun we probably wouldn't still be doing it so it's been a blast it's been a uh, quite a ride for sure yeah um all of us come from original music um like judy and sharon are from an amazing band called betty blowtorch mandy was in neutral boy and adrian was in adrian in the sickness and i was in a band called bug girl and uh, we were touring the U.S. and we got to open for Hell's Bells um, a for a few times, which was awesome because we kind of sounded a little bit like ACDC. We can't help it for from Australia, and you know we can't think beyond ACDC. Um, <laughs> 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 so when it was time for a new singer, um, they called me up. So I mean that was really exciting for me. And yeah, here's the Betty Blowtorch girls. Tell us about it, ladies. <laughs> I didn't actually join one until I saw Judy playing in a cheap tri you know, tribute. And at first, I didn't really get it, actually, the whole tribute thing, because we came uh -huh. from original bands. Yeah. Love doing original stuff. The band that they were in, Betty Blowtorch, they would go on tours. They would get to open for big bands. I mean, they toured the world. They did all kinds of stuff. And then the, they had a major tragedy, and the singer passed away. But um but anyway that's really i mean anyway take it away that, that's actually kind of what turned me because after uh our, our singer bianca passed away i just didn't have it in me to play in a in an original band i just felt like it just that spark was gone and the writing went away and that camaraderie went away and i wasn't sure i was even going to play anymore and then from the Neptunas, um, who was uh, kind of the same thing. There wasn't a lot of tribute bands back then, and she started had started this cheap chick, a cheap trick cover tribute band, and they they pursued me for quite a while. Like, come on, come on! I was like, ah, I'm playing some cover band, you know, and <laughs> um, and then eventually I just thought, well, 
I guess, you know, I'll go check it out and play. And, and she, she, those guys really got me back into the desire to, to start playing after um, everything that went down with Bitty Blowtorch. So. All right. Yeah, yeah and, and she was, like, going to Japan and, like, making tons of money. I know that sounds... Not so good, but I mean, well, there's nothing it, it wrong like, in it. All of a sudden, I'm like, wait, you're going playing for troops in Japan, and you're going to the Middle East, and you're you're making money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, and so you don't have to practice like every week and write songs, and you know. So, I don't know. okay, this is weird because uh, considering all of you are from uh, bands that have played original music, right? It's very weird to me that there's still a a weird stigma attached to being a tribute band right and now that you now that you've experienced the other side is do you think that stigma is warranted because in terms of effort no because equal amount of effort right i mean okay so what you get asked to join a band you got to learn the songs right exactly. <laughs> that's what you're doing exactly and, and you write a song you know what i mean like you're learning how to play a song that you wrote i mean you write the song but you still have to learn how to play it you where does that song come from? It comes from creation, from the universe, from, I mean, there's a, I don't believe in it anymore. I mean, I don't think that. And on that part, actually, it's way tougher for a tribute act because people have heard the real deal. So automatically, if they hear of a tribute act, they automatically assume that either they're getting close to, say, a 95% clone, for lack of a better word. So you guys have really high expectations to hit. I mean, I see it as a very vicious cycle that's enmeshed with our culture today. Like, audiences are demanding the nostalgia bands. When you listen to our radios, there's very little room for new music. Yeah. I mean, when you turn on the radio, you're still listening to 70s and 80s bands. The bands who are successful today are the bands that are from the 70s and 80s. They're, like, in their 60s and 70s and still And still performing, exactly. You know, they have, like, there's not a lot of room for young original musicians. I mean, all the generations beneath those from the 70s and 80s have been totally cut out. Now, if you're a musician and that's what you want to pursue, you can try as much as you want to be an original musician. It's very, very hard. Unless you have family in the music industry. Right. And then, you know, or you're born into it and you've been doing it since you were a child and your parents are, you know, making, right. you know what I mean? I don't, th yeah. yeah, but we're no longer in the culture of people giving a crap about original music or original art. It's a very conservative time. And, you know, we've all worked for years and years and years as original artists. Um, and if you want to pursue... At least in the rock genre. Right. We don't play other genres, so we can't really speak for what's going on in other genres, but rock and roll. I think in every genre in the world in particular, it's a very conservative time, in my opinion. But anyway... I mean, as if you want to pursue your life as a musician or an artist, this is a great way to do it. It's a great alternative. And, you know, those who criticise that are part of the problem as well, you know. But yeah. go out and buy your original music. Yeah, no, criticise us. Okay, well, are you buying any of this original music that we've written and put out? I mean, no, you just want to take a shit on what we're doing. I mean, yeah. right? It's really hard playing original music, trying to you know, get your fan base and, you know. Yeah, The thing is, is it's kind of what Amber was saying. You know, we wouldn't be doing this also if there wasn't an audience. And there's definitely an audience. I mean, we play to thousands of people. So there, 
there's a there is a, a a need out there or people want to see you know good bands good musicians good tunes and I kind of also feel that personally I've been in several different quote-unquote tribute acts or been hired in and I feel what makes some bands last like this band and why this band in my opinion it yeah is you guys the best have been going strong for 20 years now so that's is, that's not a minor achievement at all no I mean it's and it's the personnel it's not just you're not just playing their music but everyone in this band is a really great musician everyone in this band can hold their own and and then brings their own personality and so when I have found you know I'm the newest member so I found when I came into Hell's Bells yes you have this whole Yes, they play. We play ACDC. I'm still saying they. Yes, you know it's ACDC music. Yes, you have ACDC fans. But honestly, there's a shitload of Hell's Bells fans. They're not going out and seeing every ACDC tribute band. They are coming out to see this band. They want to see the people in this band, the way, th you know, the way that this band has chemistry and clicks. And so you can't put that down. It is the same thing where you know you know people want to look down and say oh you're you're in a tribute band but this band has its own personality its own fan base and i think that's something that needs to be considered as well all right okay so um to talk more about tribute bands and how they start off right uh, if you guys pick a band, obviously the music part is one element to it, but then there's the whole other part, which is the visual part of it or the performance part of it. You can't picture an ACDC tribute band without uh, Angus Young right. duck walking across the entire stage, yeah. right? The costumes need to be right. The look and aesthetic needs to be right. Um, how much effort goes into those kind of areas? I mean, it's ACDC, so it's fairly well, simplistic. Well, but for our Angus, Adrian, she, instead of wearing the schoolboy uniform, she wears a schoolgirl uniform. Of course. The tie and yeah. the skirt and everything. But lucky for us, <laughs> ACDC is just <laughs> jeans and T-shirts. You never see them in anything fancy. They are just totally regular guys up there. So we get to go up there and, you know, be comfortable. How many pairs of hats and sunglasses but do you own? <laughs> Amber does wear the, the vest. Um, not as many as blue jeans. My blue jeans collection is out of control. <laughs> my, my accountant's always giving me a, a grief for my jeans expenditure. It's like, you can't buy that many pairs of jeans in one day, one year, one day. <laughs> I was like, dude, it's ACDC. It's about denim. It's all about the denim. How much time did it take you to learn that or practice that or do it like at the drop of a hat? I'm always learning. <laughs> I never stop learning. <laughs> I remember the first tour with Adrian um, as Angus. It was uh -huh. her first tour as Angus. Because fun fact, Adrian came in playing Malcolm. Ooh. She was the Malcolm first. And then oh. when our former Angus decided to move on, Adrian moved into that spot. Okay. And she is incredible. She's, she's got so much energy. But the duck walk, I remember specifically, <laughs> we had stopped at a gas station. And I look over, and Adrian's out in the parking lot duck walking, <laughs> practicing. And then she stops, and she looks at me. She's like, I look like a jackass. <laughs> <laughs> she, she was having trouble getting it right. But now she's, she's good now. But 
I, it's a memory that always makes me smile. So, what makes uh, he, here's a question for Adrian specifically. What makes Angus Young unlike any other lead guitarist um, in in music? Well, there's a lot. Um, I, the Angus doesn't try to. Um, he, he doesn't have that thing where I'm a guitar player and I have to. He doesn't have to do that. And he's blues and he's melody and he just, you know, doesn't. It doesn't seem like there's an ulterior motive to when the playing part of it. Where I mean, because I know as a guitar player, when I get asked to uh, get up and play with somebody, I feel the pressure of like, oh, I'm supposed to be like. I mean, when I'm doing solos like the Angus does. In my mind, I'm like, you would never have the balls to just get up there and go, you would want to be like, you know, I don't know. But so there's that. And then also he does has, you know, that physical side of it, that dancing thing that he does. Yeah. And so um, that's different from most guitar players just stand there and, you know, will have a, a aesthetic look, but they stand there and. Okay. It's on the show. Yeah. Okay. Now, th th that question came about from a very stupid thought that I used to have as a music fan way early when I got first introduced to rock and metal. I used to think that ACDC was a very generic band. Okay. And that's and that's a common perception amongst you know people who get into metal really early and then immediately start off listening to death metal and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, all of you are nodding, so you, this is not the first time you're hearing this. Um, what makes, now that you're playing the music continuously and almost giving a tribute to ACDC on a daily basis, what makes your unique roles and the band overall so unique or so uh, loved by people the world over? It's tribal music. It's, it's, there's a tribe beat to it. There's something that's very accessible and it's not trying to do anything except it just is like I mean you know it appeals to the animal uh, the animalistic yeah, things right yeah. Yeah, yeah the the straightforwardness of ACDC is just what makes it cool I know for me I played bass in it and a lot of people you know a lot of people have come into the band newer newer musicians or um, new members and coming in thinking that it's going to be really easy because it sounds easy. Yeah, it does. But then it, it's never the case, and that's always words that they end up regretting, you know. Even though that a lot of the bass playing is straightforward, playing these bass lines for so many years has made me so much better at playing the bass. Like, solid. The solidness that, that I've learned is all from this. And sometimes you just don't have to be fancy exactly. to make something yeah. really rocking, you know. ACDC taught me that. Yeah. I think overplaying and the fanciness is a distraction to what music is all about. Like, I mean, ACDC has stripped everything back to the pure core where, I mean, I know I feel it when I'm on stage and I know we all feel it and we all share it with the audience. It's this pure energy that we're all sharing at the same time. And, like, there's a lot of ego that's stripped away from it as well. So, I mean... Like Adrian said, it's tribal, so, you know, it's not just referring to the beat, but 
us with our audience, it is one tribe. And it's just a, as much about the audience as it is about us, as it is about the music. We're just there and we're connecting and it's amazing. You know, yeah. it's just pure energy. Here's, here's the next point. And uh, again, I'm kind of doing or going into the tribute band versus re not real band, but original music band, right? Uh, for an original music band, their highs come from the point of, oh my God, my single is in the number 10 or my album just got released, it got 10,000 downloads or because my band is on a bill, I managed to draw X number of people. Uh, does the same apply to a tribute band? Well, I feel, like I, can, I feel like we can vicariously enjoy a number one record with ACDC. It's like, <laughs> back in black! It's like, <laughs> the, one of the... Yeah. Right, the biggest selling record. And like, when an ACDC song does come on the radio, because... I mean, we've, we play it so much and we connect with it. Sometimes I'm like, oh, look, our song's on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I should probably <laughs> see a counsellor about that one, but anyway. <laughs> right, yeah. The, the ki some of us have kids and the kids will, you know, ACDC comes on the radio and the kids are like, oh, you're on the radio, you're famous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, but beyond that, like in terms of um, what, what, what do you think makes for cementing the Hell's Bells legacy over any other band with plays maybe original music or does tribute acts? I mean, I, I can say coming into this, you know, as a newer member that the band already had a, has a very good reputation w just with musicians, you know, whether it's original bands or, or not. But, you know, if someone says, oh, Hell's Bells, what, what, I, I'd never heard, oh, they're a good tribute band. I would just, oh, those guys are a good band. So it's, you know, that's, that's, I think, important is, is that when people refer to Hell's Bells, they don't say they're just a good tribute band. Uh, you know, I, I've heard, you know, hey, those guys are a good band. So I haven't really heard a lot of, you know, distinguishing between it, you know, before, before I came into the band. When you guys jam or over these 20 years, have there been attempts at songwriting or something, playing something original at all? If yes, why? If no, why? Um, I think, you know, we've had all our separate um, things that we do on the uh -huh. side, um, original stuff. But as a band, as a unit together, it's, it's always just been Hell's Bells. Um, we all, in, in America, we all live really far from each other, like different states. So doing an original band would probably be impossible for us because we we can't rehearse. Um, we've got we've got someone in Arizona, California, Colorado, Washington State, and Texas. So we are spread out, very far from each other. So okay, and I think that would dilute the purpose and defeat the the purpose like i mean we're here we've got the one mission we're focused and like what's yeah. the i mean we've done the original yeah yeah it would water down you're saying it would water down our brand our brand oh man that's a lame word <laughs> <laughs> okay uh what happens when acdc releases new music do you guys immediately go like holy shit there's a new album or you gotta get cracking now <laughs> rock and roll train <laughs> that's nice 
Um, I'm more excited uh, about them going on tour when they re- release new music because, you know, they don't tour very often. So I'm excited about going to see them on tour. So I'm, I know if they put out a new record that I'm going to get to see them live um, shortly thereafter. But, um, you know, we kind of just see how it all depends on what the people that come to see Hell's Bells, what they want to hear. You know, if somebody says that they want to hear stuff from the new the new record, um, then then we'll see what we can do to to learn the whatever songs, the single or whatever it's out on. Uh, I know it's mentioned on your website that members of ACDC have come and seen out, uh, have come and watched you play. Did you have any stories to share um, about we did, we did playing in front of them or something? Oh, we didn't sort? play in front of them, but we did meet them t- twice okay. uh, in Tacoma, Washington. Um, and I think uh, the second time we met him, uh, after they left the room, Adrian took uh, Angus's boxer shorts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then Chris Slade one time, Chris Slade got up and played Highway to Hell with us. Yeah. Um, we were playing a, a club in, what was it, Everett, Washington? Um, Ed- Edmonds? Edmonds. Redmond. Uh, and he showed up to the <laughs> show Redmond. and he got up and played... Um, Highway to, Highway to Hell with us. That was pretty cool. We're like, he's playing it wrong. Um. <laughs> uh, have you guys watched that movie? The, there's that one movie in which uh, which essentially parodies or doesn't parody, pays homage to the Judas Priest story in which uh, essentially the lead vocalist is a fan uh, and plays in a tribute band and then ge- goes to a show of the original band. Yes. The Turn original up ba- and shout! Cha- exactly, yeah, Steel Dragon, Steel Dragon. Yeah. And then gets, yeah, it's called Rockstar. Thank you so much. So yeah. Ma- Mark Wahlberg, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ma- uh, Mark Wahlberg. So he ends up being the new lead singer, right? Mm. When the old singer goes like, fuck, I don't give a shit about this anymore. Do any of you harbor that dream? I was hoping that that was going to happen to me. Instead, it happened to <laughs> fucking Axel. Me too. I was like, they need to call Amber, call Amber, call Amber. Give us a call. Call me anytime. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So all of you are very jet lagged. Let's, let's wrap this up. Let's do a quick fire, okay? Let's do a quick fire. Um, first thing that comes to your mind when I say favorite ACDC album. Power Ridge. All the way. Powerage. I would say Powerage, too. I have to agree. Powerage. Back in black. Woo! Woo! Okay. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it the other way now. Let's do it the other way now. Favorite ACDC song? Shoot to Thrill. Uh, Walk all over you. Problem Child. Riff Raff. Just, just pick one. <laughs> okay, uh, uh, a jailbreak. Jailbreak. Okay. All right. Hold the mic. Hold the mic. We'll pass it around this the other way now. Uh, most challenging song to play live. Riff raff. Back in black, actually. Back in black. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Shake a leg. <laughs> stamina wise for the bass. Uh, stamina wise, uh, riff raff. I'm surprised nobody said thunderstruck. Um, I'll I'll remind (laughs) you that you you start back in black. I'm going to just say that officially online. Okay. Uh, You guys have officially released um, uh, a covers album, right? Yeah. Can we play any one song from that album? Which song can we play and why? I would do... um, I would do Thunderstruck. 
off that album. I, I'm not really happy with my performance on Shoot to Thrill. Okay. I like Ride On. Uh, problem child. Uh, I, I'm not on that, so. <laughs> I wish we would play Ride On live, but. So, okay, so it's, so, so it's Ride On, and why Ride On specifically? Because we don't play it live. <laughs> yeah, that's the only time I can sing that low is when I get a few takes at it. <laughs> All right, so here's Ride On from the Hell's Bells album. Check it out. It's another lonely evening In another lonely town But I ain't too young to worry Not into to cry When a woman gets me down Got another empty bottle
All right, so we're back in conversation with Hell's Bells. Now, it's one thing to be a tribute band, and but there's another to be an all-female tribute band. Is it more of a challenge? Well, because we've got tits. <coughs> I think, well, any tribute band doesn't have the luxury of making a lot of mistakes. Um, like ACDC could get up there and play their own music, and if they make mistakes, they make mistakes. But when somebody comes and watches a tribute band, they expect you to sound exactly like the record. And you don't have that luxury of making a lot of mistakes, although we're human and it happens. Now, all female, then you're, there's even more expectation, I, I think. Yeah, um, that's not fair. I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Uh, so we really, uh, we just have to bring it. And we try our best to do that. I, I do get bummed out when, when I go to see a tribute band and it's not as good or better. I do, I'm like, oh, well, you know. Yeah. But if there's one member that is kicking, you know, butt, it's like, all right, well, I can focus on that member. Like, wow. Yeah. Especially if it's the drummer, because drummers are my favorite. Okay, so thank you so much for the time thank that you've you. given me. Uh, I hope you guys have a fabulous performance, not just here, but wherever else you're playing next. Thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's see you in India. Are you an ACDC fan, Peter? Yeah, actually, on my recent trip to Australia, I bought an ACDC trucker hat or hat. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> which, that's awesome. Yeah, which was like really cheap. I don't think it was official merchandise, but come on, <laughs> when you're in Australia, you kind of go. Akadaka. Yeah. That's a new thing I learned. Yeah. They're called Akadaka locally. Yeah. But I yeah, didn't but know ACDC was that huge. Like, I expected them, them to be that huge, but. Damn, those like Australians worship ACDC. Yeah, dude. I mean, think about it. Name when when I was looking up like my trip to Australia and things, the number of bands that you can name. Of course, there are like local bands, unsigned bands, all over. But someone who's kind of transcended, if you think about it uh, from a perspective of Australia and how huge the country is, and to kind of make it out of there sell out stadiums in like Europe, America, wherever you go. I mean, it's nothing short of being awesome. I mean, crazy ACDC story I have is I remember about a decade ago in my, when I was doing my first job and I was living in Poland at that time. There was a work, uh, there was a guy who worked with me. Uh -huh. He was 10 years older than me. No, 15 years older than me. I stand corrected. Spoke no English. But once I got into his car and I saw an ACDC CD, so I was like, oh, you listen to ACDC. He played the CD. Both of us didn't need to speak the same language. Like the music kind of both of us like rocking out in his car uh -huh. listening to ACDC. It became the bonding yeah, factor. Yeah, it became the bonding factor. And yeah. that was really cool. And that's what I feel happens with metal and just music in general. Yeah, and, and stuff like ACDC, it took me eons to realize how uh, um, how simple doesn't necessarily mean bad. Yeah. Right? And I'm glad I did that because, oh my God, that music is so universally loved. And as the Hells Bell said, it, it caters to everyone. Yeah. It's 
it's stuff that everyone can rock out to and i think that's the appeal of it and which is why a band like hell's bells can uh can do what they're doing right of course um, no matter where they go people are going to recognize the sound black. Yeah, black yeah, everyone black. will recognize that yeah. riff yeah. Uh, and it's not just that um so yeah that was the hell's bells interview a um, lot of fun huh? i really <laughs> wish i was there for an yeah, interview like that, this yeah that would have made it really richer um i can't seem to however remember any indian tribute band like the closest i think we've come to is uh, remember there was this bangalore based iron maiden band killers killers breed yeah i've heard of them yeah i think i saw them once because solaridi performed uh, uh, with them with on them, a show yeah. uh, but yeah again it wasn't a tribute tribute band it was just a kind so of so here is a shout out or here is rather a request if anyone is in town who wants to put together either a tribute to death or a tribute to maiden hit me up okay animesh is going to be up for it i am definitely up for it It's are you going are you going to be on bass or vocals no bass i can't uh, neither can i sing like dickinson or dianio okay blaze bailey maybe i can hit those notes but uh, i don't have that talent at all and my raspiness or growling or whatever you call that with the riot peddlers is nowhere near uh, chuck yeah. uh, shaldiner's level at all definitely bass <laughs> <laughs> but i'm open to doing histrionics like steve harris i'm open to doing that now death i don't know there's so <laughs> many different bassists i love playing those tunes cool i i look forward to attending a gig a non ride fighters <laughs> gig where you're playing <laughs> in the next 6 months <laughs> or actually a tribute to metallica so if you want to get in touch with me for getting together a tribute to death to iron maiden or to metallica hit me up on twitter i'm at asmo ani and if you want to be on the next podcast episode <laughs> or you just want to hit me up with your cool new metal band i'm trend crusher and I'm, i'll be nice i promise <laughs> and hans up is at hans up pod uh, that's it from us this week hans yeah. up hans up <laughs>